Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Birch Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, and we just hang out and have fun. And so thank you for joining us once again. We love talking about conversations, real life, and just engaging in discussion from our viewpoints here. And uh, that's what we're doing again today, which is great. We are. So We are. You know, it, it, what's really important is to be able to have dialogues, and I think that's ceasing in our country. Some say it's not. Some yeah. say dialogues are at all-time high, and I think they aren't. Arguments are. Yeah, I would say arguments or attacks or different things like that. I, I don't think there's discussions much anymore. No. I don't think it's a dialogue if you're going to just try and prove your point. Right. I think it's a dialogue when you try and understand the point of somebody else, and then it either validates truth or it doesn't. You know, I mean, it's one of those things. Yeah. Um, but first, for a society to do that, you have to have a line somewhere that says here's where truth is right otherwise you will have arguments so i understand we don't have a line as a culture so we don't have any truth so we don't have anywhere to base our discussion on right so then it becomes what does the discussion you think become about if there's no basis who knows yeah it becomes about rhetoric yeah so if you can out shout me if that's the issue or you can out debate me if that's going to be the issue right or you can out muscle me or you can out number me Mm -hmm. then you have to be right. Yeah. So we concentrate on outnumbering, outmuscling, outrhetoricing. Is that a word? Rhetoricking? Uh, sure. Okay. It sounds good. Yeah. Rhetoricking. Rhetoricking? <laughs> Rhetor re that's kind of wrecking words. Rhetoricking. Rhetoricking. Yeah. It's a new twist on the world. I wonder if that's a word. If not, you should like... How, how do I get money for this? Patent it. Yeah, how do you get Can money? Can you patent a word? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how that works. I would like to, if anybody's listening and can tell word? me how I can get money for inventing the word rhetoricking, I would like to know that. And uh, I'm not I sure if you get money for words. How come? You just get recognition, maybe? No, because, I mean, no. I don't know. Can I, I can trademark it. Can you? But then nobody could use it. Well, I just said I could. I don't know if I really could. Okay. It was just one of those statements where I you're, could. You were rhetoricking. I'm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Please, if you are lost totally in the conversation, sorry, so are we. That's all right. Uh, yeah, That's we, right. <laughs> we're going nowhere with that. But <laughs> rhetoricing, yes. A rhetoric rhetoricing. Yes. If you're going to use words and wreck people's lives, you're rhetoricing. That's that's what we're going to call it. Okay. Um, that's the definition. And I think that's where our culture is. We're, we're a rhetoricing culture. And, and in the process, rather than understanding everything, we're constantly trying to defend what we believe. Yeah. And you can't do that. But it has to start with a basis of truth. So if you're not in God's word, you don't know the truth. And, and examples that we've talked about, I mean, there are genders. There are. Yeah. Male, female. So now if you're going to go away from the Bible and you're going to say something else. Right. Okay. Now you're going to rhetoric because you're going to defend something, but there's no basis of truth that you have in your life. Right. Uh, except 100%. for maybe experience. And here's what I found out. So I'm going to ask you about this. I think life experiences, people validate um, what they believe with their life experience. Okay. Um, or, it, in other words, it could make it hard to find the truth with your life experience, or it could validate the truth. But mm -hmm. either way, you need to have the truth somewhere. Yes. So, for example, God is a heavenly father. Mm -hmm. Okay, from experience... What would you say about God if, if, from your experience now as a father 
and as a son, yep. what do you understand about a father? Um, well, even 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 knowing that, like I remember significantly, and sorry, I'm expounding on no. the answer. When I became a dad for the first time, all of a sudden I, I understood Heavenly Father as a totally different thing because all of a sudden I, I now had a child mm-hmm. that I had these feelings for that I knew would never go away, you know? And so even like it expounded on like, like you understand love, but it opened up a new idea of love, you know? Exactly. And, and so that's where I think it even helped understand it more. Right. You know, and that was just expounded by, you know, son two and son three and, and all that sort of stuff. So here's the the million dollar question. Um, Has, has truth changed or have you just understood truth more because of becoming a father? I've understood truth more because of becoming exactly. a father. Exactly. And I think where we mess up is people say, well, my understanding has evolved, so truth has evolved. Which is not right. No. Yeah. No, truth is there. Right. And that's why you want to know it. Like your boys, you have three boys. Yep. They need to know truth before they get older. Right, right. Their life experiences then will prove truth true. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you been married? Going on nine years. Going on nine years. And you plan on staying married all your life? Yes. And, it, 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 you know, obviously you believe that God says that you should be committed to your wife mm-hmm. and faithful to her. Yeah. Has your marriage proven God to be right? Your experiences in marriage proven that right? Is that the way it should be? It affirmed it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So in your life, you know, and other people might say, well, God uses marriage as an example, but I'm divorced, so I, I don't know what he's talking about. Right. That doesn't change truth. Right. You know, I mean, it doesn't even change the illustration. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing about truth is the truth doesn't change, and that's what people need to understand. Yeah. You know, a lot of times in our culture especially, we want to take our experience and make that the truth. Exactly. You know, and so, and, and you might even, well, that could be true for you, but that's not true for me. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we've all heard yeah. that phrase, but that's like the, the biggest like phrase that doesn't make any sense. Exactly. You know, you know, and, and that's, I think, one of the things that we need as a culture to understand is the fact that all of us have various experiences. And if Satan can destroy us by giving us experiences that build a, a lie into yeah. something we believe, he'll do it. Mm-hmm. So we need to be very careful about that Yeah, in, in the sense. For, for example, you could take, um, remember when uh, Moses went to Pharaoh? Yeah. And basically, he told him, well, throw down that rod that Aaron had. You know, throw it down. It'll become a snake. And, well, then all the magicians threw theirs down. And did the same thing. Yeah. So what was the experience there? And if you were just counting on your experience to teach you truth, where was it at that moment? Right. That's pretty dangerous. Right. And, I mean, that's even what Pharaoh said. He's like, well, oh, I could have people do that. Right. You know, so he didn't see the truth in it. Yeah, I would warn anyone that's listening, if you are, are putting God on trial, you're putting truth on trial, you're saying it needs to have this happen before it's true, I think you're on very dangerous ground because I think Satan would love to get you messed up, mm-hmm. get you um, arguing about life and, and uh, rhetoricking, you know. Well, that's Satan's whole goal is to make you not trust the truth or to confuse the truth. 
Or know the truth. You know, he wants nothing for you to do with the truth. Yeah. So he's going to do everything he can to keep you from the truth. Yeah. You know, I would suggest that just some simple exercises for anybody. Get up in the morning and, you know, put a note somewhere that just remind yourself today that you're not God, that God is God. Yeah. And I do that by saying in the morning, oftentimes, you know, God, as I'm praying, I said, I'm Dave, you're God. All that does is put things in perspective for me right away. Because when I say that, I know who God is. Yeah. He's not me. So now I'm thinking things that I don't understand or I don't, and I'm thinking through life and I'm going, oh, well, my understanding, my experiences really are different than what I've read in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So God, I know you're right. Yeah. What am I missing here? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think if we do that, all of a sudden, we're not arguing as much. We're searching for truth rather than trying to establish it by our feelings, our emotions, our whatever we want to do. I, I am very concerned, Jason, for uh, your kids' generation right now. Yeah. Because I, I'm afraid growing up in a, a, a technological age, they're going to be so bombarded with experiential nightmares. Yeah from places they shouldn't even be watching. Yep. That they won't know what to do with the experience. And I feel like it advances so exponentially. Yes, it does. You know. Yeah. Like I even think about the last 10 years, you know, or even 15, say, you know, and how quickly things have changed in our world. I mean, you look at the last five years and look at how quickly it's changed. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that, you know, in a few months, it'll be two years since we first heard the term COVID. You know, and look at how much has changed. Right. You know, and uh, and that's not even technologically related, but in the, in a lot of ways it is because now we associate a lot of, you know, distancing, you know, not just physically, but even just on, on so many different levels because it just upset everything. Yeah. You know, and I think back to even the way that I grew up and, you know, there's times it's like, man, I wish I could capture that for my boys. Yeah. You know. Because there's 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 simplicity in in relationship, and I think we we that's that's one area of truth that that Satan is 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 taking advantage of is he wants us to abandon relationship. Why? Because God's designed us for relationship, but he wants to take that away from us. Yeah, you know, and I think that is what we're seeing more and more so. Yeah, can can we try and uh, regather the simplicity into our lives that we've lost? I mean, you almost have to be totally intentional to do that. Oh, you have to. Not almost. You have to be totally intentional. I mean, that's what we have to do with our boys, you know, is it takes intentionality to do something physical with them. Right. You know, is it easier to sit and turn on a movie or when they say, hey, let's go jump on the trampoline. Right. You know, and that's where it's like, no, let's go jump on the trampoline. Yeah. You know, and for some of us, it might be meaning hey, I should actually get a trampoline. That way the option is there to jump on, yeah. you know, or things like that. The simplicity sometimes is 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 just doing it. Absolutely. And that's also the hard part about it when it comes to relationships. Yeah, you know, some of the greatest things in life still, I, I think you can go out and walk through the woods, get to a little creek, throw a worm on a simple hook, and catch a, a little brook trout. Yeah. Look, don't let technology wreck you from that moment. Right. Um, there's all kinds of things that we can do to disconnect from that crazy world out there. We don't need to be involved in everything that everybody says. 
Satan really needs a venue to get into your head. Right. So if you keep providing him the venue, mm -hmm. you know, if you were to pick up my phone, I know I, I'm not trying to condemn the world there, and I know some people need it, but you're not going to find a Facebook app on my phone. Mm -hmm. you, I, I, just, I don't want to go to it. Right. It's not that I think it's evil. It's like, why do I need that? Right. You and know? if you have the Facebook app, don't, don't let it control you. Yeah. I mean, obviously, and you might think it doesn't, but maybe it does. But why don't you go talk to people face to face? We've become a culture where we don't, you know, we, we text, we write, we don't even call anymore. Right. So you don't hear another voice. Right. I'm telling you, down the road, that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, because relational beings need to be relational somehow. They need to look at each other. They need to see each other. They need to go trout fishing in the middle of the woods. They need to go. F you fish with your boys. Is that fun? Oh, it's a blast. It's a pretty simple idea. It hasn't changed for no. hundreds and hundreds of years. You got to put bait on a hook. That's right. Find the fish. Now, yep. I know they have technology out there to find the fish. Yep. Go to the store if you're going to do that. Just go to the store and buy them. <laughs> go buy some cool You know what I mean? It's not, why would you use a, just go out and put a worm on a hook and see if you can find fish. Yeah. Um, we have a, a, a new staff member who's joining us soon and he, he likes making wooden spoons. Hmm. There's something refreshing about that to yeah. watch him make a wooden spoon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know I mean, it's like with all this technology and all this machinery and, and he was teaching me and I kept going over to a power saw and finally came over to me and said, I don't want you using that. <laughs> I thought, come on, power saws are not like new technology. Yeah. So here's between you and me because this is a secret. Yep, okay. When I won't tell anybody. Looking, I'm going over there to cut a bunch of things so I can make them, and then when I see them, I'll just not be by the saw. There you go. He'll, maybe he'll think I did it the other way. I won't say anything, <laughs> so I won't lie. But you know what I mean? It's like where do you draw the line, all of us, for technology? Right. Obviously, it's part of our life, and that's where you just have to be intentional because if you're not intentional about technology, it will control you without whether you realize it or not. Yeah. You know, and I mean, even the phones, I, I have an iPhone, so I don't know if Androids or not, but like once a week, it always gives you like a weekly, you know, usage summary. Right. Screen time or whatever. I don't know if they do that on Androids or whatever it is, yeah, that, know that, you know, but it's just like. It, and it's a weekly thing, so it's at the point now where I've gotten it so much where sometimes I look at it, sometimes I don't, you know. But depending on what that number is, it's like, oh, you know, do you take that to heart realizing how much time that is? Right. You know, and sure, you could have been, you know, doing some work on it or X, Y, or Z, and so it could all be justifiable. But are you even, are we even at the point where we just look at that and be like, oh, it is what it is? Or do we say, wow, that's actually a lot. I need to, you know, decrease my screen time. Right. Um, yeah. you know, I, my, mine does it, but it does it on the iPad, uh, must be set to tell me. And I use that like a computer. So it's on all day. So yeah. it's kind of worthless, but I wish I should change it to my phone. Cause I hardly turn my phone on. It's like, I'm 65 years old. I'm not used to carrying this phone in my pocket. I still don't like going to it. Yep. The print's too small, even if I make it big to read it. So <laughs> you know, why, why even answer it? And right. my daughters will make fun of me when they look at it because it's like, Dad, you know you have like 4,000 messages on this. I said, well, what are you supposed to do with them? I right. read them. Dad, get rid of them. Yeah. So when my younger daughter sees me, she'll start taking them off, you know, yeah. because it's like, Dad, you don't need all these on here. That's funny. It's like, well, what do you do with them? I, I read them. I'm, look at, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
if people want to text me, let them. It's just going to stay there till I, you know, I guess till I get a new phone or something. I have no idea what you're supposed to do with these things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well. And the the other thing that comes to mind that that takes intentionality that we're trying to teach our boys too is that, you know, and not always, but we try to be intentional at some point, you know, here and there to give them space where we don't have anything planned. Right. And in that space, we don't even try to have music on or, you know, not saying that we're just sitting there quietly, but like what we want to do. And I see this all the time in young people is that they always have to have something going on in their life. Right. And I mean, good or bad, but there's some, there's some, something about being still um, and just being able to hear God's voice. Yep. Um, that, that's good. And that, that's another reason why I like living in nowhere is because, you know, I'm, I enjoy music, but I'm not the sort where I'd have to have a, an earbud in all the time or, you know, I mean, right. you see people walking, they always have something in their ears. Yeah. I try to be intentional to walk from here to there just to kind of enjoy good what's you. going on around me. And I would encourage you guys to do the same. You know, it's not just technology. It's a lot of things. Sometimes we try to fill our lives with so much stuff to try to drown out either the thoughts or the voices that we don't want to engage that we know we should engage. Right. You know, because oftentimes the Holy Spirit's there and we just try to turn up the volume on other stuff so that we don't hear that. So we don't have to face it. Yeah. You know, whether that's, and that comes in a variety of different ways. Sometimes it's music. Sometimes, you know, it's binging shows for hours on end. It's like, you know, and so it's amazing how, when we talk about truth, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, Satan is going to do everything he can to make your life experience contradict the truth so that you don't believe in the truth. Yep. But if you know the truth and you live your life by the truth, then that's what speaks into the life experience you do have so that it helps you savor the truth all the more. Absolutely. You know, Satan knows um, our tendencies better than we do. Yeah. And he really plays them well. That's why you need to know the truth because it'll help you sort out some of the things that you you don't recognize because you have tendencies. Yeah. And um, Satan does that. Here, for example, God made us all to be followers. And some might say I'm a leader. It's like, well, could be. But he still made you be a follower. Mm-hmm. And any good leader is a good follower first. If you're a good follower, you're, you'll be a good leader. If you're not a good follower, you'll never be a good leader. That's yeah. just the way life goes. Um, and when I teach leadership, that's the number one point. If I get that through then the kids understand, okay, I need to really work on my habit of following. Yeah. And, you know, you can do that in a number of ways. And, and the reason I know God made us as a follower is because first and foremost, he made us to follow him. Yeah. Then he compares us to sheep and tells us to follow the shepherd. You know, I mean, honestly, every illustration in the Bible points to you are going to follow, be careful what you follow. Mm-hmm. And we can choose to follow God. We can choose to follow truth. But if we intentionally don't do that, yeah, then there's other things out there that start to get in our, our path. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, parents have always through history called it pure pressure. Yeah. And we think of when you're out of, you're not adolescent or high school anymore, you're, you're not under that. Well, you are all your life. You're always oh, under. Oh, there's always some sort yeah, of pressure. There's always pure pressure. But for someone like yourself with young kids, I would, I would encourage you as you, you know, instead of, instead of just saying this, you know, to your kids, like, you know, you got to be careful because of peer pressure. Don't do that. Talk to them and say, you know how God made you? If you always take the dialogue back to the truth, 
Yeah. Eventually, the truth will get into their head. Right. And they'll adjust to it. So instead of, you know what, I want you to be careful because your friends can influence you. That is a true statement. Yeah. Say something like, you know what? God made you and he made you a, a certain way and Satan would love to use that against you. Hmm. So be careful. He made you to follow. He did. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to want to follow that guy. Mm-hmm. But if that guy is going to get you to the edge of a cliff or that guy is going to get you away from the shepherd and, a, and now the wolves and the lions can get you, that wasn't a good follow. Yeah. But don't kick yourself for following, wanting to follow. Yeah. You're made to do that. Just be careful who you follow. Mm-hmm. Why don't you choose people who know God? Yeah. Or at least want to know God at your age, you know, whatever age they are. Choose to follow your parents. Choose to follow uh, older Christians who, who know God. Choose to get in their life and talk to them. Mm-hmm. You know, choose that. And all of a sudden, you'll find that that desire to follow is a healthy desire instead yeah. of a, a hurting desire. And I tell you that you can look through history, you can look at democracy, you can look at republics, you can look at, we all demonstrate continually this great desire you know, to follow. Yep. And I don't care, I, I know a lot of very proud people that I just, I, I, mean, I do my own thing. And I look at them, they're wearing torn jeans that are tight and you know, whatever else. It's like, you don't do your own thing. Everyone's wearing torn jeans and everyone looks like you look. You're following the fashions, you're following the people around you. Yeah. And we do. I mean, people follow certain things and they do it without even thinking. Yeah. Because we're sheepy in our in our thought sheepy. process. Sheepy. Yeah. That, that rhetoric. Let, let's get a whole new vocabulary here. Start a, new, a new dictionary. If we can. Dave Dictionary. No, I don't, please don't call it after me. <laughs> uh, you, you know, we, I, I think you can imagine your three sons, if they just understood the truth principle, and that's what we've been talking about, if they yeah. understood the truth principle that they're followers. Yeah. That's it. And then it's easy later in life to point it out mm-hmm. in a healthy way. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you're acting like God made you again. Yeah. You know? And the right away they're going, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're not calling the desire to follow bad. Right. What we're saying is be careful with it. Mm-hmm. That's all. You right. know, and then if you could imagine all the truths in the Bible, you could go through like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have a desire for, you know, power. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Do you know that the ultimate power is your heavenly father and that you have that accessible to you? Yeah. So you know that, mm-hmm. you know. So maybe that desire for power, if you under, if you put it in the context of truth, isn't all that weird, right? You know, because maybe God made it so that you could look and say, you know what, my Father who loves me desperately, He created it all. Mm-hmm. He makes the seas to stop when He wants to. And now all of a sudden, imagine a young person going through life knowing that, right? And and now will they? understand it no i think we start off talking about experiences mm-hmm. and what happens down the road is i think god always will allow us to have experiences in life that validate truth yep and that's why i'm saying the experiences in, the, in our lives we can look at them we can miss the point of them or we can understand that god is in control and he's given us these experiences to show some kind of truth mm-hmm. so um, you know, I, I have, are you familiar with Voice of the Martyrs? Yeah. Yep. 
you know, uh, Richard Wormbrand and, and those. There's a movie coming out in November, actually, of his wife that's going to be at a lot of major theaters. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it's called Sabrina. Huh. I, uh, I've seen part of it. Unfortunately, it was late at night, so I didn't see the rest of it. Uh, <laughs> but um, You've it, seen part of the movie that hasn't come out yet? Yeah, I was just at a conference where they previewed it. Uh, oh. They showed it to everybody. And, and what's really interesting about that is Christians all over the world today – Today, believers are being persecuted uh, probably more than any time in our history mm. as, as a world. Yeah, It's not well known. And um, I, I, I encourage people, go to the Sabrina movie when it comes out. It's coming out in November at some point. I can't remember what, what the dates are. And it really talks about the reality of um, Richard Wormbrand's wife. Now, there was one, Tortured for Christ, that came out earlier. Uh-huh. And that's about Richard. And he was in jail, I forget how many years. Because they, they were Jewish people who became believers. And believe it or not, they became believers by listening to a song at a church of people they hated. Hmm. It is well with my soul. Oh, wow. They listened to it, and he became a believer. Hmm. Because it wasn't well with his soul. Yeah. And uh, what's, what's, it goes on, and he's the guy that founded um, Voice of the Martyrs. Gotcha. And... And now today they're helping people who are martyred, you know, who are in that situation all over the world, mm-hmm. who are being persecuted for their faith. So I encourage our listeners go watch the movie. I don't get anything out of that, by the way. It's just I think it's a, a well-deserved uh, conversation to have. Mm-hmm. It's an honest movie. I'm not sure how that's going to play at all these theaters and how people are going to like it because it has. Well, there's plenty of violence. It's it's during <laughs> Nazi years. Sure, uh, sure. So I'm sure there's Inuit, in, you know, I, I don't think there's actual lot in it, but mm-hmm. you can think about it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it's very interesting. Uh, I think as you go through life, the experiences that Wormbrand had, what they did is validate God's provision during hard times. Mm-hmm. You could look at it and say, no, my experience is God isn't taking care of me. Well, he saw it totally opposite. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Your experiences will either cause you to say, I don't believe in God, or they'll validate what God has said. Yeah. But it has to start with you saying there is a God and this is what he said. Yes, absolutely. That's all. And that's the fun part for you. You have young kids. So Mm -hmm. you get to keep going through the Bible now and and looking at all these general principles Mm -hmm. and saying, wow, God calls himself a father. What does he mean by that? Yeah. God says we should love one another. In fact, you know what? I, I like doing this with kids. God said to love our enemies. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Yeah. How can you choose? What is love then? Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine a discussion with your right. oldest son, anyway, and trying to figure out what love is by God saying that? And, and people in our culture then, later in life, people in our culture go, do you love this person? It's mm-hmm. like, well, you've already had a discussion with what that is, and we'll have to pick up that later, I guess. Yeah, unfortunately, when we get in good discussions like this, we run out of time, and that's the case today. But I encourage you, if you jumped in partway through the episode or if you want to continue to listen to the various topics that we talk about, I encourage you to have or head over to silverbirchranch.org and uh, check out our podcasts um, under the media section, and uh, you can do that. And, and don't forget about Nicolay Bible Institute if you're somebody looking for a one-year college as yep, well. Yep, that takes place here on at Silverbirch Ranch too, and uh, just to kind of poke around on the website, and you can figure us out. Otherwise, this is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older, hanging out as always, talking about just life issues and conversation. And so thanks for joining us. We'll see you here next time at Silver Tranch.
Take care. Goodbye for now.